I love the British woman saying that things will go live in five minutes. Welcome to the Drama Free Podcast. Save the drama for your mama. What's up, Drama Free? We are live on location with uh, me and the bearded panda himself. Yeah, Joey, you're watching Des Moines. Life from, life from Chad's Mansion in Des Moines, Iowa. And on the line here we have uh, Steve Aspara, Tilly Frog himself, Mr. Perfect, uh, Chris Butler, and then we have Kirby Garrison joining as a yeah. uh, live guest. Yo, what's up, Kirby? Welcome back. Yeah, glad to be back. Always good to have you, brother. I like that you love the well, British lady. I like even more that you talk over the intro. <laughs> she was awesome. I want to hear more of her. You want to hear more right. more hey. curb? So, well, I, I I want to hear more of myself talking, but no, I want to hear more of the British lady. So she was pretty hot. <laughs> That's the end. That's a podcast. We can't we can't uh, change her. She talks to us every uh, minute in the countdown. But um, yeah, oh, I'm sure I, I'm sure if I search Google just the right way, I could use her to let people know that oh hey, someone's trying to text you. Hello, Mr. Kirby Master. There's someone trying to text you on your phone on your cellular device. They so, sound, oh, so, the English accent. Kirby. Kirby, do you have like this yes. this thing for the the voice on your GPS or for Mary Poppins or something like that? No, I change that shit. I change that to like the middle aged man who's like somewhat out of breath. He's like, you're gonna take a left here. Like, I really wish that I could I could download somebody to just that was like you know just the regular you know regular American male, you know who really doesn't know where he's going, but he hates taking directions from other people. So he's like, no, don't you what, shut up. You know, put the directions away. <laughs> I tell you what, I will. Uh, I will record my voice and directions and upload them to Waze, and you can just download Waze, and I'll guide you through your daily commute. Uh, uh, <laughs> thank you. That would be awesome. <laughs> I want in on some of that too. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> I'll pay for that shit. One ninety nine <laughs> plus tax. Yes, please. <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right. So what are we talking about tonight? We got a good We're show so- for you, Kirby. We had a good show for the uh, listeners here. But uh, we're going to start off with beer. Um, we all four on the podcast, the host, we have a, a beer to drink with each other. But uh, what are you drinking, Kirby? So I'm drinking um, one of the beers that I'm trying to get off tap the quickest. Um, it is a... Uh, <laughs> You know, so here, here, I'm just going to ramble just for a second. So where we are in Dayton, Tennessee, is a very um, a non-craft beer part of the state. I mean, you know, Tennessee in itself is really, you know, coming along in terms of of, of where the rest of the country is in terms of craft beer. But but where we are, especially, um, you know, there's some styles that I like to do that people really just haven't gotten their heads around, and one of them is the mixed culture saison. And so um, I have one of my own saisons. It has plum puree, 
uh, you know, some lactose, some other stuff in it to really, you know, make it some, you know, complex and, and, you know, people such as ourselves that really like to drink beers that, that are, you know, they're a little bit more complicated. You got to think about it just a little bit more. Um, it's, it's fucking sold so slowly. I mean, I've, I have seven kegs of it. It, it got kegged, um, two months ago, I've sold two kegs. So I still have five kegs. So that is what I'm drinking. That is what I tell all of my staff if they want to like 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 chill out at the end of the night. I'm like, all right, no, no, you're not drinking IPAs. No, you're drinking my fucking mixed culture saison. You know, you're helping me get it off tap. And it's 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 just one of those beers where I just I never thought, you know, everywhere you look, like you know, look at Hill Farmstead, you look at Side Project, like all these other places that are doing mixed cultures, and they're adding plums. Of all fruits, I mean, my grandmother eats fucking plums. You know, like it's not—it's such a, an unattractive fruit. You know, it really is. Like you hear plums and raisins and shit like that, you're like, oh, it's gonna clean out your colon, and you know, it, it's just. But no, it, it offers so much flavor, and um, it's been on tap for so long. So, long story short, rant aside, that is what I'm drinking. So I'm desperately trying to get this beer off tap so I can put something else on and never do another fucking plum saison ever again. So yeah, I've. <laughs> I've taken up 57 seconds of y'all's time telling you what I'm drinking and it's a delicious plum saison. So yes. Did you did you let your grandmother try your beer? Uh she loves my beer. She really the plum does. One? Like yeah, I'm like I'm like grandma, what was the dust bowl like? And she was like, I don't know, but this beer's delicious, you know? So she really loves drinking my shit. She really does. It's very um she's very supportive. <laughs> so but uh, but but yeah, nice. yeah. I have let her try my beer. So what's hey. everyone else drinking? So uh, we're drinking the regular coffee. I'm gonna say, go for it, Steve. All right. <laughs> so um, well, since I'm, I guess I'm the resident Jersey guy. Somehow people started posting boxes this week, and somehow uh, Chad and Chris both got boxes with regular coffee. And I guess from was it from the same guy or just someone from Jersey? Yeah. I don't know if it's. Patrick Daniel, shout out to Patrick Daniel. Nice, shout out to uh, Patrick Daniel because he sent some pretty sweet boxes. Uh, there's a ton of other good stuff, but I I, I noticed I was like, wow, uh, Chris got regular coffee, Chad got regular coffee, Joey's with Chad, and I have regular coffee. I was like, we should all just crack one and do it and see what we all think and taste about it. I, have any of you ever had this beer besides me? Yes, no. I, I have not. It's the only one I have. Has. You're you and, uh, you and Chris nice. the one. I assume not uh not this year's. Uh, I don't think so. I, I mean I haven't had it since last year, so no. Yeah. So I assume everyone has this year's batch, right? Um should say the the date on the bottom of the can. Mine's can twelve twenty nine seventeen, so still under a month old. I had it two years, years ago. Ah. Nice. So, yeah, I, I haven't even taken a sip on yet. I literally just poured it. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to take a sip. You guys should as well, and let me know what you think. All right, here we go. Orangey golden color. Very, very little head. Hey, well, there's yeah, a um, Is that the, uh, it says on the label here? Um, uh, you're talking to me? 
Yes, sir. You're pretty meek. Uh, it is. It is. Uh, it stays on the label. Um, yeah, this is the the second time I've done this beer. The first one was peach. Um, uh, I think peach and mango. The first yeah, time I did I it, and um, you know, it's really interesting. You know, so it's a uh, you know, it's a blend of of different saison yeast, and so you know, there's no bread, there's no lacto in it, um, but it. it up this tartness from uh, these these yeasts that are in it, and so uh, you know, so the first one went it went okay. I mean, again, it's you know, people in Dayton, Tennessee, they're drinking shots of Fireball. You know, I, I'm I'm in my office and I can hear people playing cool. It's like give me two shots of Fireball, and I'm like, God damn it, you know, where am I? You know, but it's uh, you know, you know where you are. There's nothing wrong with fireball except I don't feel like throwing up and forgetting where I am for and like pissing my pants for four hours. Um, but there's nothing wrong with it if that's what I'm going for. But uh, but but yes, I'm I'm drinking I'm drinking the it stays on the label plum parfait, um, and it's tasty. You know, of course, it's just like any kid that you have. You're like, oh no, my kid does things well. No, your kid doesn't do anything well. Well, yes, it does because it's my kid. Eh, well, you know. So I feel like that's how I am with my with my plum saison. I think my kid is delicious, and no one else likes my kid. <laughs> that's kind of I like where it. I am right now. I'm glad so you like it, man. Thank you. Thank you. I try my best. I try my hardest. I got a lot of really cool fruits going on, you know, that I have kind of waiting in the wings, you know, whether it's a, you know, a smoothie beer or a popsicle style ale or all that shit. I got a lot of really cool fruit. So, you know, that's why I, it, it, it stinks that, you know, I'm, I'm in between Chattanooga and Knoxville, which are huge, you know, huge beer. Well, I don't want to say huge, but they're definitely big beer, um, you know, kind of, kind of demographics. Um, you know, the local people, they don't really like that stuff. They're like, all right, well, what do you got that's, you know, you know, closest to it longer? Or I like, you know, you know, yingling, stuff like that. And so now I'm having to do more lagers and stuff like that. So I'm like, ah, you know, it's, it's a little more, it's a little more frustrating, but you know, you got to You got to play to your local market. Yeah. But you got to like yingling though. I do love Yingling. I love it. Go Pennsylvania. Go Eagles. Uh oh. I hope I hope Joey's not listening. I think he might be. Joey's always, Joey's always listening. Oh damn it, Joey. No oh, damn it, Joey. No, I'm sorry. I'm already I didn't in mean the, it. I'm sorry. You're all right. I'm already in the mode where um for about the last about four days, I've been essentially ignoring all of Facebook and all of pretty much everything else. Outside of the Eagles fans, all the rest of the and this great, great, great country just want to be on the Patriots. So, you know, drunk by you, but let the hate roll like a on off the back. Did, are you originally from New England? Is that why you're a fan? Mom, my mom's side. I grew up in Ohio. My mom and my dad. My mom and my dad um, met in Ohio. My mom, um, she grew up in Ohio, but pretty much her entire family um, was Boston area people. So bounced back and forth between between Central Ohio and, and Eastern Mass, and it's kind of where it came from. It also helps growing up in a state that has horrible sports teams and even worse sports fans. Look at you, Ohio. <laughs> 
So what's everyone thinking of the regular coffee? You've got a couple of sips, I assume. What, uh, Chris? What do you? Uh, how do you think it tastes? It's tasting drinking this uh, beer I, since you've had it before. Yeah, so I think it, I think it's a fantastic beer. I was looking at my rating from two years ago and I gave it a four and a half. Uh, it's one of those seriously uh, mind-boggling sort of beers. How I can taste this much like coffee as a as a cream ale. Uh, visually, it doesn't look like it would taste like it does. Um, but I, I love it. I mean, I'm a I'm a huge I'm a huge coffee fan. So um, anytime uh, anytime I get coffee, I'm good with it. It's my probably my favorite adjunct in stouts. So working in a right. cream ale, it works fine for me too. Do you think it should be drinking like a dark beer? Like the like when I first had this beer, I was like, whoa, the fact that I can see through it and it's go- like light and golden, it, it threw me for a loop. Right. I think it's just the fact that we've had our our senses trained for. Uh, you know, for however long, up until a couple of years ago, when um, who was it? Ballast Point or Six Point did one, and um, the Bean Ballast Point did one. Um, did did a couple of cream, coffee cream ales. I think we've just been trained to think coffee dark beer. Coffee is dark itself, so uh, having a you know a light beer, light colored, light low SRM beer, it's a uh, it's a kind of have flavors. I can I can appreciate that, uh, Chris. But even I think even as of you know, like you said, two years ago, I can think back to maybe three or four years ago, and we had um, a little wave. There's probably about six or seven breweries that were doing coffee IPAs, and outside of of the quintessential dark beer, whether it be a porter or a stout or even a brown, um, that was like my first foray into those those clean or clear beers. Um, they started using coffee, and it was it was an IPAs, and that was that was a wonderful experience to me because I think a lot of people view like coffee as being okay. Well, it needs to be coffee forward, but coffee is is almost universal, but a wonderful wonderful um, addition to a beer to kind of just clean. I'm not going to say clean up, but kind of complement the various flavors of, of the hops or the malts or what have you. That's I love coffee and. And almost, you know, I'm trying to think. I've had like five or six different styles of beers that included coffee. Um, it's always a great, a great uh, compliment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, okay. what about you, Chad? What do you What do you think? How's drinking? What am I thinking or drinking? How How do you What are you thinking and how it's drinking? Well, I like it. I've I've had it before. Actually, the first beer that. Uh, me and Josh Anderson, part of the group that's ever had, was this coffee, clear-ass coffee drink. He, he poured me a, uh, a beer, and uh, I was just dropping off some beer. He poured me a beer and said, this is coffee. I was like, no, that's not coffee. I can see through it. And it's it's really good. I mean, it's my first cane that I've had to my own before. It's a cane. This Carton. is Carton. This is Carton. Carton Kane? Yes. Both. Anything from the East Coast like that is the first beers I've had in my own. And, uh, you know, it, it, I, I enjoy it. It's, it's made even better that I can sit here next to a co-host and uh, crack open a good beer. Cheers to that. Nice. Yeah, I, I think it's drinking great. Um, I'm getting a lot of coffee, but mine didn't have to be shipped at all. So I don't know if... Uh, any cold affected any of the stuff that you guys got, um, but it's really sweet. Um, I get a lot of the mouth feels good on it. It's definitely creamy, like thick. 
Um, and yeah, I, I'm weird. I don't drink coffee. I never, ever, ever drink coffee, but I love when my beer has coffee in it. And I don't know. I think I've said that on the podcast before, but it's just like, this is this beer. You would think I would hate it, but this is one of my favorite beers. When I first had it at Carden a couple of years ago, it, it blew my mind. I couldn't believe it was this good and sweet and rich. So, yeah, I think yeah. the, um, the, the impressive part of this beer is, is the 12%. It's, um, relatively well hidden. Yeah. Yeah. This, the sweetness takes away a lot. Like it's just, it's so sweet and good, but it doesn't, there's no heat on it for, for that high. No. no. Nice. What do we think? We start getting into topics tonight? <laughs> yeah, I figured we should talk about <laughs> something. Want to go to number seven? Go to number seven. Hey, Kirby, you still on the line? Always. Oh, your grandmother on the line? Oh. No, she's she's at home. She's making my bed right now. Well, that's what I'm talking about. Grandma's Boy, one of my I'm, favorite I'm, movies I'm, as well. I'm, 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 I'm pretty sure that Murder, She Wrote just got off the air, so she's like, I don't know what I want to do with myself besides eat lemon cookies and make my grandson's bed, so... Um, that's well, why I I'm live just, with her, and she's the fucking shit. <laughs> I'm glad you could. I'm glad you could peel yourself away from from all that awesomeness tonight to 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 join us and actually field this <laughs> this first topic. Field this first topic for us. Are you ready? Yeah. So uh, ma- maybe you can enlighten enlighten us all and and, and dig into um, how does a brewery clean uh, tank their tanks and barrels. So. Um, uh, I, I can't really dig into how I clean barrels because I don't have barrels. Um, that's the next kind of kind of um, task that I'm really really looking into uh, because I'd really like to do barrels. I'd really like to do some barrel aged beers. We've been almost you know open three years, and so I feel like I can I can dedicate some room in you know in the brewery to some barrels. But but what I do is like for today. So it's all stainless. So I will do, you know, as soon as I move a, a beer from like my, my fermentation tank to a bright tank, I will do a, um, a caustic rinse. So it is, an, you know, an oxidizer. So it'll basically grab onto any, any organic material that exists on the inside of those, of those fermentation tanks, whether it's, you know, whether it's protein, whether it's hot particles, whether it's yeast, whatever it is, it'll basically soften everything and kind of make it really easy to get rid of. Um, then I will rinse it off a couple times. Then I will do a nitric rinse. And so what nitric acid does is it deals with beer stone, um, which is a buildup of calcium. And so that's yep. kind of what that, that chalky, kind of look on on the inside of some people's um uh, uh beer fermenters and other things that they use that are stainless it's just this kind of like dusty chalky kind of look and so it really it, it'll it'll eat away at that and so then i'll rinse that off and then i will do a parasitic acid rinse which i call fucking satan's piss because it really it's awful man it really is like it'll i got i had a scare the other day um i got a little bit in my eye and uh and so i i had to tear my contact out and uh, like it got past my my glasses that i had on i had to tear my contact out i had to rinse it for like 10 15 minutes i had to drive home had to get another contact lens like it's some nasty stuff it really is but it really it wow. does the trick like it's it 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 is it is nasty like it is evil 
Um, but again, it, you know, anytime I put that into any container that I have, whether it's a fermenter or a bright tank or whatever, like I know that anything that it touches, it just kills automatically. So, uh, but you know, I'll, I'll usually do a three-step, you know, you know, I'll do the, the caustic, then the rinse, then the nitric, then the rinse, then finish it off with a sanitizer. Um, and, you know, do I need to do that? Not really, but you know, there's a lot of dust where I, you know, I, 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 you know, I dump my grain in into my mash tun. It spills everywhere. There's lacto on all of that dust. There's bread everywhere. Um, so it, it, it's kind of a, uh, an extra step that I do just to make sure that nothing else is living, um, you know, whenever I, I transfer things. But that's what I do. Um, but barrels, I, I know a little bit about barrels. Um, but I don't know enough to, to about it. I'm sure there are other people that are on here that can talk more about it, but that's what I do with fermenters. Right. So aren't you me. aren't you not supposed to clean barrels? Isn't it kind of the point of the barrel that it kind of seeps up whatever is in it and then I it mean, kind of saves it for the next time? Uh, I don't know. You, you would know more than me. But. If you're doing sour beer, but at the same time, you know, there are a lot of, you know, if you know sour beer like Rodenbach, you know, Rodenbach makes a lot of Flemish, style sours, a lot of Flanders reds, a lot of Oudbrunes, you know, where you have that, that um, acetobacter, that vinegar kind of characteristic. Um, that's really only, only kind of favorable in those types of beers. Like if you have, you know, a really light Blondale, like if you have, a, you know, something from, you know, from Hill Farmstead or Santa Darius. You know, you really don't want a really strong vinegar character. And so, of course, as soon as the Cetabacter gets in that wood, it it will really, you know, kind of go to town and it, it'll fuck it up. So you really have to keep that out. And so, um, you know, when you're cleaning barrels, one of the things that you can do is, of course, you empty it. You rinse it with hot water. Um, there's a uh, – uh, it's called the Sour Hour, which is a podcast with Jay Goodwin. Who is the um, who was the head brewer or one of the head brewers at uh, the brewery, and then he started Rare Barrel, and so one of the things that he talks about what he uh, cleans his barrels with is um, uh, uh, potassium metabisulfite, and so uh, he'll basically fill it into the barrel, and what it will do it's almost like a natural sanitizer, and so it'll you know it'll it'll kind of penetrate deep into the wood. But then, of course, he'll rinse it with hot water, and then you have steamers. Of course, you know, you know, water boils at 212 degrees, but steam gets so much hotter. And so, of course, steam penetrates deep into the wood because all it takes is just a couple cells, and then, boom, you're fucked. You know, your barrel is – you know, anything that you put in that barrel is just contaminated. So, um, you know, so those are a couple things that you can do, but really it's – you know, you got to know where your barrel is coming from. Um, you know, there's a, a local guy uh, uh, here in Chattanooga who deals with a lot of barrels. You know, he's an advanced Cicerone. You know, he knows his shit. He's done his research, and he's about to open up his own brewery, but he does a lot of barrel-aged beers. And so he has a steamer, and so he'll, you know, he'll put the little, the little tube inside the barrel, and he'll seal it off. And he has a temp gun, and show, you know, he'll show that the, the wood on the outside is 200 degrees. So you know that on the inside of that barrel, it's over 212 degrees. Everything is getting fucking killed. So um, you know it's it's a different approach. It really is because, like you, you know, it, it's you can't just put chemicals in. I, I can't put all the chemicals that I put into my stainless into a a, a wooden barrel because it's going to absorb it. It's it's you know it's it, it'll fuck it up. So it's uh it's something that I haven't done yet. Um, I'd like to. 
it's something I'm, I'm really trying to do research on, but it's uh, it's it's there's a lot more into it that you have to invest. So I'm not I'm not willing to do that yet. I pre- we appreciate that, Kirby, and thank you, one, for the knowledge bomb and, and for the insight. Um, let's toss it over to Steve real quick so he can uh, maybe chime in a little bit on uh, breweries and, and essentially breweries that are using other breweries' equipment, um, specifically maybe get into cost, does it affect taste, that type of thing. So, Steve? Right. Um, so, contract brewing is I, – I don't know how big it is across the country, but I, in this area, New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, it's – a lot of a lot of breweries do it because we're pressed for space because everything's so packed together here. Um, I know that Two Roads is probably the biggest one. Maybe Stillwater, they do a lot of stuff. Um, actually, two really, really good friends of mine are contract brewers. I think some of you have had their beer, Bolero Snort, out of New Jersey. They don't have their own facility. They brew at other facilities throughout the state and sometimes in Pennsylvania. Um and yeah, the cost, I think the cost is a little higher than it would be if it was your own facility, but not too much. So that's, um, you know, it's something that if you don't really have the capital to get up and running right from the get-go, it's just like a quick way to, you know, make some friends, bring some recipe. Most breweries have, you know, the, the space or the capacity because how many breweries out there are actually brewing at full capacity, even if you have to brew overnight or something, um, which I know that they've done before. Um, it's just a way to get, you know, to start up without actually needing like a quarter million dollars or something. Um, so as far as cost goes, it's good. In, it's good in the short term, but eventually you're spending more per batch, but you don't need to put out as much to have a tasting room or, you know, most of them do mobile canning too, or something, you know, stuff like that. Um, effect taste is, I think, the bigger question. Um, Carton, actually, the the brewery that we're drinking right now, they do contract canning at Two Roads. So a lot of their beers, like um, they do a beer called Ego IPA and they, I, I, Unjunked and Red Rye. These are two beers that you can find all over the state in uh, in liquor stores. They got huge distribution. Um, I'm pretty sure a lot of them, a lot of those batches were brewed up at Two Roads. Um, and well, at least when it first started, a lot of people were tasting a lot of inconsistency. Now, I know Augie will say that he does, like, the water control to make the water up in Connecticut the same as – because that's what seems to be the biggest issue, uh, the water that they use and making sure – you know, because if you give a team of brewers, especially good brewers, a recipe, they should be able to follow it and mimic the beer pretty closely. So I think water um, quality and the differences in mineral water is really going to be the biggest difference in contracting and how it affects the taste. Um, But there was some inconsistencies when they first started. I haven't had a lot of those beers in a while, so I couldn't tell you if it's still going on or if they've got it figured out. But, I mean, it's it's something that, like, you'd have to really drink a lot of the beer to notice. I'm one of those people, so I would notice. Um, As far as – so, you know, there's – I think something happened recently in Bolero. They brewed at one of the New Jersey breweries. I'm not going to say who because I don't want to put them on blast, but they brewed at a brewery in New Jersey, and then they they sent the entire batch out for distribution on liquor stores, and then people were saying that they the cans were exploding when they got them home. Um, so Blair was like, all right, we're aware of the issue. Uh, we're going to offer people refunds, and pretty much the entire batch was compromised. They had to dump a lot of beer. They lost a lot of money on it. 
Um, and I think last I heard, which was recently, that they might be in they might be in a legal battle with that brewery because the brewery might have messed up their batch. So that's something that you have to take into consideration too. If you're going to let someone, you have to be accountable for it. I think there might not um, the brewery might not be taking full responsibility for it. So. It's a, there's a lot that goes into it. It's not just like, oh, come, let me come brew a beer, you know. Let me come brew your place. It's, it's, you know, there's some up, there's some positives, but then there's also a good amount of negatives too. Um, no, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure, Steve. I'm sure, Steve. And I, I know that I think I got to What's up? Yeah. No, no, no. I was, I was gonna say, um, after you talk, maybe this, I assume Kirby does not contract brew at his place because it's, it's kind of a bitch. But go ahead. Yeah, yeah I'm, no, uh, I don't. I, I, I don't. Kind of, yeah. Good curb. No, go ahead. No, no, you do. Your I mind. was gonna. Okay, I was. I was gonna say that. I think. Uh, I think the the butler had uh, at least one point to address the topic. I know I had a couple at the top of my mind as well. So let's throw it to Chris Butler real quick. Hey, I'm still here. Uh, I haven't talked in a while, but I'm still here. <laughs> um, I uh, I went and I went and took a nap, but I'm back. Um, no. Um, McKellar uh, several years ago uh, had a big issue uh, with that. Uh, basically, they were getting whatever. <laughs> they stopped. It doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> they, they were sending their beer to Deproof, and it was getting bad ratings. And um, basically, threw their hands up and said, "Well, we crafted a good recipe. It's not on us. If it, if you brewed it the way we wrote it and the way we." wanted you to, it, it would be perfect. It would be in the height of arrogance kind of thing, which is what everyone's heard about. We're talking, we're talking Florida Sioux versus Iowa Sioux. You all have had the, the, the brew hub, Florida crafted okay, pseudo Sioux. I'm going to tell you what, I go to the brewery in Decorah. I mean, Chris, you've had it. The brewery in Decorah, that, that shit is 10 times better. It's not the rest. It, it may be the same recipe. It comes down to ingredients and water. I mean, Kirby, the, the, that brings up a good point, Kirby. How essential is the water to your uh, brewing process? Um, it's huge. You know, when I moved down from New York, uh, you know, I was on Eastern Long Island. Uh, it's it's well water. You know, it's aquifer. It's hard. Um, you know, there's a lot of minerals, um, uh, you know, really, you know, hop forward beers. Like, and that's why when I, when I would brew more malty beers, whether it was a stout or a, a brown ale or anything like that, just, it, it, it was, it was a lot hoppier than I really wanted, but my IPAs just really popped. Like they were, they were great. They were fucking awesome. And then I moved down to Dayton, Tennessee and, um, you know, we're basically pulling off of the fucking res- you know, not the reservoir, but the lake, you know? Like it's it's the shit that people swim in, it's the shit that people are 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 swimming their boats in, you know, and they'll pull it off and they'll they'll put it through a you know through a water you know a water you know purifying plant and all that and so, but it was different. It was soft, you know. There wasn't a lot of of dissolved minerals in it, and so when I was making my beers, all my dark beers were turning out so much better. Same recipes. You know, my IPAs were the same recipes, my dark beers were the same recipes, but my stouts, my my porters, they were like, holy shit, why am I getting so much more flavor out of the malt than I am my IPAs? Like my IPAs were flabby, you know, they didn't they didn't pop. You know, if you've ever had like a an other half IPA, 
um, you know, anything that they do, there's just this pop about it where it just, it kind of, it's like those pop rocks where you drink and it just kind of, kind of, you know, explodes in your mouth just a little bit. It, 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 you know, I wasn't getting that. And so then I sent my water off to a lab to get tested and then I saw all that was in it. And I was like, holy shit, that's why, you know, because there's really no, there's no, you know, there's no, there's no uh, nothing in there um, for no the hop to be accentuated. Yeah. So it was really, um, you know, water is huge. You know, water is huge. Um, and, uh, you know, it really plays a huge factor into like we were just talking about with with pseudo soup, bring brewed in two different you can have the exact same recipe. But if you don't change the water, um, you're going to have two different beers. Even if it's the same malt, same yeast, same hops, everything, you don't change the water, you're getting two different beers. Um, so it's huge. It really is. Oh, yeah, and everyone wonders why the beers from Vermont are so good. The water up there is amazing. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like oh, yeah. you could drink the tap water. It's almost as good as, like, bottled spring water down here. It's delicious. Um, every time I yeah. go up there, I'm just like, yeah. I'm, I'm in awe of the water, and that's why all the beers up there are just that much better than everywhere else that I've had at least. There's a reason that, uh, that Burton upon Trent was uh, was the cradle of beer brewing for a while because their water there was so good. They didn't know it then, but they do now. I mean, that's where Bass started, and a lot of the uh, English ales that you know founded many colonies mm-hmm. uh, came yeah. out of because of their water. And they didn't know it until you know, the last century or so, but it's because of all the sulfites and things like that that are in the water that make it so good and palatable. Anyways. It's one of the uh, one of the many things that I love about Chris Butler is he kind of chimes in with this almost History Channel sort of vibe, and it's, I think it, I think it adds quite a bit of depth to, uh, to what we bring to our listeners. Um, so I'm going to toss it over to Chad real quick so he can uh, speak a few words. No, I just want to say thank you, Kirby, for joining us for the first uh, half hour. Your knowledge and your uh, you know the, your your wealth of knowledge is very very much appreciated. I know you got to get you're, you're a busy guy. You got to get back to work, um, and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna transition from Kirby here. Everybody, say hi to Kirby on the on the thread. You see him out. He, you know he's a good guy. Ask him a question. He's gonna give you an answer, and we love it. So uh, Kirby, thank you all for joining. Um, of course, man. My pleasure. Got, thank you all very much. Ab- absolutely, dude. Um, thanks for joining and keep on listening. Well, uh, if, if we hit a topic you want us to uh, talk about, uh, call in. Yeah, of course. Definitely, man. All right, my pleasure. All right, Love thanks y'all. for joining, Kirby. Cheers. Cheers. All right, so I think uh, next question we have here is we actually do have two different styles of glassware. Well, yeah. But uh, we're going to do uh, a, a number four of the gentlemen are – my co-hosts here are joining along here. But uh, glassware, does it, can it affect the beer itself? Um, I'm going to shoot that over to Butler. You know, being in the industry, he could probably speak better place to start. Than, than any one of us. So, Chris, you ready? Uh, I'm here. Uh, yeah, glassware. I think the only, only glass that... I'm pretty sure the only glass that makes anything better are tikus, and um, Corey can definitely attest to that. Um, they are by far the most superior glass, um, and everyone should have at least 15 or so. Um, and if you have extras, Corey collects them, so just send them to Corey. Um, no, um, jokes aside, 
Absolutely, glassware affects uh, the flavor and the aroma of, of beer. I mean, we've known it for centuries about wine. It's no different with beer. Um, you know, it, it, they're designed differently, not just for aesthetics, um, because that's also an important part. I mean, you eat and drink with your eyes first, um, but then they're also designed to um, help shape the aroma and the flavors. Uh, more so the aroma, though. Uh, flavors, are, you know, mostly done via the nose and then the palate, and by that point, the glass doesn't make that much of a difference. So, anyways. So I, I have um, just a quick question to, uh, I guess, to anyone who may know. Is it pronounced Tiku or is it pronounced Teku? Tiku. I say Teku. <laughs> There's a third option. <laughs> it's pronounced Teku. I say Teku, yeah. So it's not, is it, so is it phonetic or no? I, I don't know. I've always said Tiku. Uh, Chad just said Tiku. So Tiku. I'm going to start calling it like TQ now. Rachel. What about TQ? TQ. Is it TQ or TQ? TQ. Hey, Tech. The woman, hey, the woman in the house says it's TQ. The woman in the house speaks. No, no, she's right. She's, she's right. right. I like it. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. I mean, I, I think, I, I guess maybe a, a somewhat of a, a, a slightly altered take to what Butler said on glassware and does it affect the beer itself? Um <clears throat> I, mean, I, I can understand how, you know, a glass shape can can affect or or perhaps determine what you smell and how you smell it or what you taste and how you taste it. For me, it's it it does something with the beer that I don't think it's enough credit and it adds to the excuse me the overall ambiance of consuming that beer. I like the idea of having, just in general. I mean, not to take away the science from it. The idea of having almost specific glassware for specific styles of beer is, is something that adds to the enjoyment of, of you know, of that libation or of, of that brew. Um, you know, if you think about, you know, craft cocktails, you know, you have specific glassware for whether it be an old-fashioned to a martini and so on and so forth. Um, you know, the, the glassware, you know, while it does provide some form of, let's call it science or the science behind it, it also adds, um, you know, a little bit of it's called pomp and circumstance to the consumption of said of said liquid. So that, that's my take. You got anything to add to that, Chad? Or we want to move on to another topic. I mean, I I have a question. Give me a glass. I'm drinking a beer. Yeah. Drink so here's beer. a question. I've I've drank out I of a hard hat. Been. So if you really want to ask <laughs> if glassware is, is is affecting beer? I've drank out of a hard out of hat. A I, I will. You did. I saw that. It's uh, uh it, you know what? It's it, it's good. You know, beer is beer. I'll chug it out of the bottle. I'll chug it out of a hard hat. I'll chug it out of Joey's nasty ass stocking cap here. Warm head gang. Would you butt chug one? No. <laughs> I draw a line. Don't stick it. <laughs> Don't stick anything well, in my butt. I mean, I was say, you know, for that, that's the now shape of the glass definitely matters. Four beers and he's got an evite for a pinky. We all know what that's like. We all know that's like. We know what that's like. So, uh, so have any of you have any of you been to a brewery that that uses different glassware based on the style of beer they're serving? Because yeah. every brewery I've been to, they every beer they serve in the same glass. Carton, Cane, Magnify, oh, no, anything. You, you know, no Farmstead. Des Moines is is definitely about the glassware. It's every different really? style, every different ounce count that they can do. The whole different glass. 
true story. Same in Denver too, man. Really? I've been to Denver too. Actually, I went to Great Divide. I don't and. Uh, yeah, Great Divide's not one of those not things going to I expect that. <laughs> Great Divide uh, makes 17 versions, 17 versions of Yeti. That's all Great Divide yeah. does. I mean, but also, I went to Crooked Stave and True, Divide. too, and I don't remember any... Does Crooked Stave and True do it, too? Because I went to both of those, too, and I don't remember any different glassware. The True changes up their glassware. True changes up their glassware, but you have to also keep in mind that when you look at breweries like like truer and, and to probably a slightly lesser extent crooked stave they they're producing a lot of variations of similar styles of beer yeah they're all so yeah, you're going to probably yeah. see less fluctuation in, in the type That's of glassware if, if you go to um if you go to a brewery that does let's, i'm going to say does it all or or does varying styles and and to the folks at Weldworks, i'm going to take you out of the equation because it's kind of really three styles for the folks up at Weldworks. Um, you know, you will see six or seven different types of glassware off the top of my head. Um, if you go to, to my local watering hole um, on the east side of Denver called Launchpad Brewery, I mean, there's probably at least five, if not six different styles of glassware, and contingent of which of the 12 or 13 beers you choose on tap, you're going to get a different glassware to complement that style. Good to know. Good to know. I guess uh, maybe New Jersey's glass game is just a little... We're trying to save on the cost because the rent's so damn high. Weak! Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, no kidding. Let's let's, well, good let's move to another topic. What do you guys think? Yes. Yes. Yeah, Chad keeps Chad keeps moving the uh, the document on me, and I'm half about half blinded to this. But if I recall, there's a question. It might be like number ten or eleven or twelve or something like that. That's number twelve. Drinking in public. Are you for or against? Uh, uh, let's let's let Chad take this one because this is like in his wheelhouse. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> are you in public right now? Uh, no, we're in my house now, but I've changed them public. Um, you know, I'm, I'm Ron Cater Solid. Yeah, the Ron White reference, guys. Uh, I mean, are, are we talking like just drinking in public, like I go out in the street and drink, or are we talking like a, a, a brewery release? I mean, I, I don't think you can take it like Vegas or New Orleans where you can walk around the drink. I got to think, think it's like, you know, just, you open a beer and you go for a walk, and before you know it, you're in town ordering more beers or something. Like it's got to be. No, I mean I don't want any, the public to know that I'm an alcoholic. Well, I mean if the public listens to this podcast, the public podcast, they already know. Well, yeah, but I'm in my house. I'm pretty much, I'm pretty sure that everyone that I know, public, I'm pretty sure everyone knows. That, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it's like 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 my little life is essentially like right above my head is a mobile, and there's about like nine or ten different little bottles floating around it. So. Like it, yeah. I mean, drink in public. I mean, if it's legal, sure, absolutely. Why not? It's legal. But uh, privately, I mean, I can't say that I can condone yeah, it. Yeah, but well, what constitutes public? I suppose is the question. Is it? Is it okay? Well, I'm having a beer at a baseball game, and there's sixty thousand people or thirty thousand people alongside me. I'm tailgating before a football game, and there might be ten or fifteen. Ten but or it's 15. legal. I know. I there's nothing that. more American than a beer at a baseball game. You well, there's a, and a really, really nasty hot dog. Yeah. And a baseball game? Baseball game. You've had a nasty what about public hot transportation? Oh, wow. Well, that you, sucks. You, you talking about your guys' trains over there on that side of the country? Yeah, yeah. I take New Jersey trains to the city. And uh, is it, I mean, it's definitely fair game because it's legal to drink on the train, but you have to finish it on the train. Um, it's legal on the train. It's legal on Amtrak because I, 
I've yeah. done the Amtrak has bar cars. I've gone up to Chicago for the Cubs game or the Bears game, and that's legal because they they get you loaded in the bar car. Exactly, they sell it to you on the train. New Jersey Trans doesn't do that, but you can bring anything on the train you want and drink it as, as long as you're finished with it by the time you get off the train, or it's or you can yeah, steal it back up, you know. So I've done that a lot, quite a bit, including last week a bunch. Is Butler still on? Does he drink in public? He doesn't seem like a drinking public guy. Do you drink in public? You're not a drinking public guy, are you? Yeah, actually, I am. Uh, I do do bottle shares and such. Actually, a a fun, quick story. I don't want to take up too much of y'all's time. Um, When I was leaving England, my uh, pub landlord uh, took me out to London for like a pub crawl as kind of a going away present. Um, And we hit, I don't know, for 10 hours, we, we drank our way around and um, as we get back to Liverpool Station, get ready to head back the hour train ride back towards uh, back towards where we lived, he sneaks off into the um, to the news shop and he he goes, "Go on, go on, I'll meet you. I'll meet you up there at the platform." I'm sorry, fine. So he comes like wandering around the corner with this like really cheeky grin, and he uh, I go, "What's going on?" He's like, "Wait till we get on the train." So we get on the train, and he reaches underneath his jacket and he pulls out like a massive 32-ounce bottle of Newcastle Brown. He was like, I figured on the way back, we had to drink my first beer, my first love of beer, and uh, so we just passed back and forth. And we were way too drunk to be drinking anymore anyways, but we just kept passing back and forth this Newcastle Brown on the train at 1 a.m. and from London back to the countryside. So that was kind of a, that's a fun story um, and a nice memory. It's a fantastic nice. story. I remember. No, um, Taste better than that one, right? That's oh, true story. <laughs> it's a true story. I know when I first started my, uh, not my foray into craft beer, but my first foray into beer in itself, it was, it was always uh, Newcastle with the Jameson back. So it's always my thing. It always, always, always made the Jam- always made the Newcastle taste a little bit better. So I can, uh, I can certainly appreciate that. Certainly appreciate that. So, uh, so Chad, what are you thinking about for a, another topic here? We want to start getting into some packaging and hitting uh, question number 11. I mean, number 15. I get the number 15? I don't know. Well, it depends. If, uh, if Alejandro calls in tonight, we might get into 15. Alejandro. What, what, Alejandro, what Alejandro is up to tonight? He's probably out there uh, probably uh, celebrating his uh, – his father's induction to the Hall of Fame, Baseball Hall of Fame. Pretty slick. <laughs> father's. <laughs> I don't know. That, that's, that'll, that'll bring Alejandro to the show like a damn bat Talking signal. about Hall of Fame yeah. here. Uh, gentlemen, what is the best beer? Well, we've done this. There's a lot of redundancy in the list. Best beer at a pro or college stadium. Oh, I don't think we've done that yet. I don't remember that one. I've never drank it at college stadium. For the most part, in the Midwest, you can't drink at college stadium. Really? You can drink outside of it, but you can't drink inside of it. I remember when you know when I, yeah, all the, and I, well, in undergrad, I know, I, I know, we definitely couldn't. There wasn't anything sold on site, but I also know we brought things in because this was before there were, freaking screenings and pat downs and everything else. Like you could just throw a flask and bring in your water bottle, whatever it was, because it was cross campus. Thanks, Osama. Thanks, Osama. I think the um, best beer that I've had. Yeah. Go ahead, go, 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 go. Oh, sorry. Um, at the uh, at Arkansas at the stadium here, um, 
you can't drink in the student section and, and like the general admissions section. But if you are on the club level, there's not only can you drink, but there um, one of the local breweries has a pub in there. Nice. So really, need to go. There's a pub in Arkansas. Yeah, Arkansas. What's the name of the stadium, Chris? Donald W. Reynolds. University of Arkansas. Thank you. It's Donald. Thank you. Yeah, Donald Thank you. University of Arkansas. Actually, as long as you're in the section, you get a beer. It, it couldn't couldn't where I went to school. I don't know if I've had, uh, had a beer. Mets, I've never the one. new Mets Stadium in Queens, uh, City Field, has uh, the new McKellar Brewery opening. I know, you know, we're, we were here. McKellar, McKellar, McKellar doesn't matter. Um, they just opened <laughs> a new. They had Tech U. They just opened a brewery uh, for the Winter Classic, actually. They brewed a beer and sold it at at um, City Field. And the brewery is there, like, in, like, one of the corners of it. And supposedly it's pretty crazy. It looks like it's pretty big. And the beer that they made there was awesome. It was, like, a, a beer specifically for uh, the Winter Classic. It was called, like, Filthy Flow or something. It was, like, hockey-themed, and it was between uh, the New York – uh, Mickler and the uh, some Buffalo brewery because the Rangers and the Sabers were playing in the Winter Classic, so it was pretty cool. I don't know. Uh, it was a terrible hockey game. Rangers and Sabers, come on. Yeah, I know. Go Hawks. Yeah, go Hawks. Yeah, uh, those fine folks in New York are the only ones who probably cared about that. I bet you Islanders yeah. fans were pissed that they weren't taking part. Um, I, I no, I know we've got um, I know we've got it, and it's. At uh at Coors Field where you know the be- the beloved Colorado Rockies play, <laughs> that's about the only compliment I have for that team. Thank you, Monfort, for continually wrecking a team instead of damn ground. Um, but aside from that, they've got um this it's called the Sandlot, which was um after Blue Moon, right? I guess maybe right before at the same time Blue Moon was blowing up. Um, you know, there's the Sandlot, which is essentially in right field. Um, it's essentially a a brewery slash outdoor patio. That you can, you know, you can, you know, traipse over there in the in the middle of a game and and have yourself a full, a, a few, you know, fruity beers, some orange slices mm-hmm. in your wheat beer, and um, and, and enjoy a game. That said, I mean, just uh, one of the the complaints that's happened a lot, or the, one of the ongoing complaints of of course, Field has been trying to find decent beer. We you know we've done, they've done a lo- a very good job of of blowing out the place for um, essentially everything but a retail mall. You've got four or five different um, you know, restaurants between you can go, you have high end, you have Mexican, you don't have just concession stands. You've got anything and everything in between. But the lacking thing is that you really can't find decent craft beer. Um, you've got plenty of, plenty of, plenty of liquor options. You can get margaritas, salt on the rocks, whatever you want, but you can't really find decent craft beer in the place. It's definitely, uh, definitely one of the ones that, uh, that, uh, I'm not sure what the best beer is at Coors Field, except for maybe something from Odell, would that be my guess? Course, well, that's not a craft beer, unfortunately. That course, this course, best craft beer is the best. Beer. Uh, it says best beer. Well, uh, Adele makes a better beer than than Coors, hands down and all around. I'll say uh, Wrigley right now. Wrigley is probably half acre. I mean, half acre does their double daisy and their daisy cutter. You can get those at Wrigley. Yeah. Damn. Absolutely. She makes a long days. True story. Yeah, it's, I wonder how much uh, that is. It's eight bucks. What? Eight bucks. For twelve ounce? Yeah. Well, that's not bad at all. I know, right? The hell? The I'm paying eleven bucks for a can of Coors Coors or Bud Light or 
Yeah, but if you if you're you have an an eight dollar twelve ounce half acre product, you probably get an eight dollar twenty ounce domestic. Yeah, it's about yeah. Okay, so it's all about quality over quantity, kids. That will fuck you up more than a twenty ounce Coors Light or Bud Light. Well, that's a true story. That's a true story. Yeah, true story. Let's uh let's 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 uh let's pass over to Butler and and if Butler, if you've got the set list in front of you, why don't you take the next topic and lead us off, bud? Um, all right, because uh, this one's kind of fun. Uh, let's go with number two. Uh, you're a beer nerd, guys. Uh, you, you know that. Uh, I hope I hope you know that. What? If not, I hate to break it to you. Um, now you're coping with the inevitable loss of some companionship due to your nerdery, uh, whether it be friends or loved ones or whatever. Um, how do you cope with that? Also, how do you go about explaining mouthfeel to your significant other? Do you demonstrate or use props? Um, do you write an essay? Uh, do you go full Kirby and talk 10 minutes? It's um, a sonnet. <laughs> Shakespearean. That wasn't the original question, but I like where he's going. He's trying to paint the picture. Um yeah, I, I mean, put on the thing, inevitable right? loss of companionship. I mean, I don't know. I can't answer that because my wife's sitting right downstairs. Technically, technically, on your rundown, it's not even a question. It's just a period there. So yes, I dressed it up a little bit. Anyways, Joey, discuss uh, discuss uh, yeah, your uh, your your relationship once you got into craft beer. Did you have friends that you don't hang out with as much anymore? Uh, do you have new friends, obviously, that you've made? Um, I know you don't have necessarily as much of a problem with Lil C uh, describing mouthfeel because she also enjoys it, but uh, a little bit mm-hmm. of a uh, touch, on touch on that subject. Well, I mean, that, that last one's probably a deep, deep dive, but uh, the, uh, <laughs> the the whole the whole beer nerdery, I like that, I like that word nerdery. Um, you know, it, it's kind of odd that it, it's – it's not a, a divisive issue in Colorado, and I think it's because you know, I mean, largely we're 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 used to you know, we're used to the you know, there's there's cra- there's craft everything. There's the concept of micro or nano is is it, it's infiltrated almost everything um, within within at least Metro Denver. I mean, you've got craft and micro tequila bars and, and things like that. So I don't I, I don't think that there's a lack of understanding about. Um, an affinity or infatuation with those type of items, whether it be craft beer or otherwise, I, I think that where the there, there may become divisiveness is um, just purely how much you want to enjoy that type of stuff. Um, I definitely have not lost friends because of being a, a craft beer nerd. Um, I've certainly made a ton of friends from um, from being involved with with the hobby. Um, so I, I I I don't I don't think I know. Um, what what would have to happen for me to cope with um, you know any type of loss of companionship due to this um, this wonderful wonderful hobby that I find myself in now speaking to the latter part of that and uh, and little C you know we have one of those type of relationships where um, you know if if I tried to explain something like mouthfeel to her I would just have her you know delicately lean in and then I would lick the roof of her mouth and then maybe that way she would understand. What I mean by the wonderful, wonderful mouthfeel of said beer. At what beer? 
And what beer are you drinking that feels like someone else licking the roof of your mouth? <laughs> yeah, I don't want that one. Pretty much, no, pretty I, much I want every it. beer. Every beer that I consume, it, there, it's like a bunch of happy little gnomes tap dancing inside of my mouth. And I have to imagine that that's what she feels when I lick the roof of her mouth. Gnomes or gnomes? <laughs> gnomes. Gnomies. <laughs> Pseudo trolls. Uh, Chad, your thoughts? Aren't you glad you asked? <laughs> Chad missed out. Chad missed all that because he had to step out for a second. So you can, uh, if you want to uh, re-engage the the question or two statements for Chad, I'm sure he'd love to impart a little bit of humor as well. Chad had to step out for making sure he didn't lose any companionship. We're on question two. So, you're a beer nerd, and you're coping with the inevitable loss of companionship due to said nerdery. Nerdery, not notary, not connotary either. Nerdery. Nerdery. You don't have to worry about that with Rachel, but is, have you lost, have you had like a, a I want to say, have you seen like a, a personal relationship impact due to your, your hobby? Have you, you know, lost friends that... You are not necessarily, we're not necessarily into craft beer, and they're like, yeah, it's kind of weird that you like peach sours or peach pails or something weird. And, you know, you, you when we, before you got into this, you were all about, even before you met Rachel, right, it was all about the PBR and the Coors Light and shit, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. So do you have your old PBR friends that you've somehow lost no. with because of this? No, because they came along and started trying sure, craft yeah. beer. I do have the guy, you know, the random, you know, like, well, not random. I mean, he was the best man at my wedding. He'll come by. Yeah, to... that's not random if it's the best man at your wedding, kid. He's, he's, yeah, it's not random. He doesn't come to a lot of the parties when we had him, but he would come by, and I always stocked a six-pack of Coors Light, and he drank them and had fun. He'd try, you know, a couple of craft beers, but that's just not his thing, and, you know, I applaud him for it. I'm not going to force him into it. That's a very important point when you start thinking about people within a craft beer industry um, or in, within a craft beer hobby. That is that almost everyone is extraordinarily inclusive. Um, so not only would you provide Coors Light or what have you for your for a buddy, but you would you know share that wealth. Try to not only convince them that you know there are other things out there and you may very well enjoy them. Enjoy them. But at the end of the day, it's really about the sharing and the caring. Um, so you don't necessarily have to lose friendships. Um, you know, but you can always, you know, reach out to him and say, hey, why don't you try this? You know, we both enjoy a PBR or a quarter letter every now and again. Why don't you try Mirror Pond from Deschutes or something of that nature? So, what do you think about, uh, have you ever tried to explain mouthfeel to, to Rachel? I already, uh, I already took this as deep as we possibly can go. And you're not going to say anything <laughs> to people have already. Yeah, hey, Rachel, do you know what mouthfeel is? I'm not doing that. (laughs) Mouthfeel for a beer. Do you know what that is? But Joey's still in the house. Here, come up here. Can somebody explain mouthfeel? She has it there. She can hear Mouthfeel is a time in a young beer's life when it starts to go through changes um, and it finds itself (laughs) it finds itself out of its packaging can or bottle and uh, inside someone's mouth and some beers could 
Wrong. I think I'm right. (laughs) Wrong. Wrong. Wall button. Wrong. Steve, what are you drinking on? Uh, I'm still sipping this regular coffee. I'm I'm slow rolling. It's 12%, and it's 10 o'clock on the East Coast. That it is. 10 o'clock on the did you um, guys, we uh, we split the, we split the uh, the regular coffee, so we've uh, we both had about half as much as, as you're getting into with respect to that. Um, but uh, a few moments ago, we uh, we opened up uh, a beer called Freedom Toast from uh, Madhouse Brewing Company. It's uh, from here in Des Moines, right? They're from here in Des Moines, and um, three miles. It's a uh, it's a bourbon barrel aged wee heavy uh, that also has cinnamon, vanilla, and Iowa maple syrup. And um released today. He got a fresh bottle. Fresh bottle, new bottle. It's um it's it's actually quite fantastic. It, it tastes a lot. I don't know but I don't know what Freedom Toast tastes like. Um but it does taste a lot like uh French well, a lot like French toast. Well, it's just like it's a, the Freedom Toast name came from it, we can't call it French fries anymore. It's gotta be Freedom, freedom Fries. fries. Yeah. So that's the same same concept. French toast, freedom toast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, these have been barrels for a, a couple months, and it's it's delicious. It is delicious. It's also thirteen and a half percent, thirteen and a half percent alcohol by volume. And um, Steve might actually know this better better than I, but the the, the French fry slash freedom fry um, issue scenario blow up news story, whatever you want to call it, was that like two thousand fourteen? Um. I remember what you're talking about, but I don't know what what year it happened in. Um, what we're I think the, the yeah the uh, what I'm just wondering is that you know whether it was twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, whatever it was, um, why Madhouse is bringing back the concept, you know, three, four, five, six years later. Why do we have that yeah, freedom, done freedom toast years. now? I mean, oh, so this is a this is a seasonal release. Yeah. Uh, so I'm just. Isn't that a first I'm, year for I'm them? slow to the roll. Yeah. yeah. I was going to ask what size bottle uh, mm-hmm. it comes in for 13% Freedom Toast. It is a 750. Really? It is a 750. Yeah. All 25.36 blue Pardon? You guys would be sipping on that too. 13% We Heavy, huh? Well, I mean, you know, half half a can of. Of regular coffee and, and assuming the chat yeah, yeah. but the half box I minute. Mean, that's as that's as far as I'm in for the day. So I'm uh yeah, I'm, I'm 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 not I'm not too far I'm not too bad. And you know, traveling, being out of out of state, you know, I'm not I don't have a car so it's, it's not that big of a deal. Right. When do you I'll, go back I'll to sleep Denver? Well tonight regardless. Pardon? When do you go back to get Denver? back into Denver? Yeah. Um assuming all goes well tomorrow, I fly out Saturday morning. Um oh, I think my flight Flight's supposed to take off about 6 a.m., 5 a.m., oh. sometime between then. Right. Yeah, and then so I assume be, you'll, uh, go, you'll go straight to Truth for the release, right? I um I had already made that extraordinarily clear to to everyone else except for you because I was going to try to surprise you a little bit, but you're oh, absolutely no. correct. Um, oh, wow. I land. Uh, yeah, you know, you know, there's um you got to be a little uh where you got to be a little um little coy proactive so. Uh, Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But the nice part is that I think it's like it's at eleven thirty or so. Um I think they typically open at noon, but I think that they mentioned for that one they're gonna be opening at eleven thirty for um just sales, so no on site consumption. Uh, well, 
yeah. on-site on-site consumption okay. beginning at like noon or so. So um, I am going to plan on being there when they open. Uh, the nice part of that is that you know it's nice. I think I land around 6:45, 7 a.m. Denver time, so uh, I'll have a time to a uh, little bit of time to catch a nap, and then uh, head over to uh, to the south part of downtown there, off of Broadway, to go to True and. One, revisit the fine folks over there, but also pick up a few little items. Awesome, awesome. I feel like I got uh, I got skipped on number two here, but I do want to say that uh, I also, I don't think, I haven't lost any friends because of liking beer. If anything, I've gained a lot more, uh, including you dudes, but, you know, just uh, a lot of the new friends I've made over the past year are either from work or from, you know, meeting at a bar or being in NJCB, New Jersey Craft Beer is like a... Facebook group for people in New Jersey who can save money and yeah. um, it's just yeah I don't, anyone who defriends you because you have this as a hobby is kind of were they really your friend to begin with especially because all my friends have realized that uh, it's a, it benefits them when I show up to their party with a cooler full of good beer they're like oh you know they all make fun of me when I walk in oh what's in Steve's cooler but then they all come over and like oh so what's in the cooler I want some so it's like you know that's that's how I that's my experience with it. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it's no different than being the whether you're 21 or not showing up to the uh, you know to the to the party with 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 the good stuff. So I can uh, yeah, exactly. I can appreciate that. Exactly. I Keep think we can uh, do one more topic here um, before we we cut out. But uh, I, I like this topic that came across um, in our inbox here. It was. Uh, how do people lose IPAs in their beer fridge for months? Um, this, the, the, the person that left the topic said, I've never once had that happen. And I have to agree. I mean, how do you lose IPAs? I've heard of people like, oh, they just found this IPA in the back of their fridge. I mean, that doesn't happen. It doesn't, it doesn't for me because I, I have um, a singular shelf that I, I keep all my IPAs on. Um, sometimes there's a little bit of overflow, so I end up either stacking or moving to a second shelf. Um, but I, I, my, my beer fridge um, is separated by styles, so the chance of me losing an IPA comes down to um, someone else bringing it over and leaving it someplace except for where it probably should be, which is on that, that top door shelf in my, uh, my beer fridge in the garage. Steve? Yeah, I'm the same way. I uh, I kind of am OCD about how I organize my beer in my fridge, and um, I usually keep the IPAs up front just because I know they need to go quickly, and I want to see which ones I have. So when I open the fridge, I want to know which IPAs I have without having to move anything around. So they're in front, and behind them are the stouts, porters, and sours that I know if I lose them for a while, they're not going to go. They're not going to go sour as quickly or south as as rapidly as the IPAs will. So I, I also don't really experience that. So if you are listening and you are these people who lose IPAs, keep them in the front or, you know, keep them somewhere where you can see them. So you don't say, Hey, where did this tired hands or other half come from? Complete. I forgot I had this for six months because it's probably not going to be as good. I can understand that. Definitely understand that. You, really, yeah. you don't lose an IPA, do you? No, I chug them. I was going to say, that's IPA, IPAs were chugging. Hey. IPAs are definitely um, So uh, are we, are we going to call this and wrap it at this? Seems like a good time. All the all the main oh, points yep. were taken. 
just scrolling through right now. I mean, I think there's a couple topics we should probably hang on to. I think um, I think for next week maybe we can bring back uh, that young stud Kirby. And oh, um, there, there's a couple um, a couple packaging, and then as well as um, let's call them let's call them beer cost related items. It'd be nice to be able to pick pick his brain. And and I'm pretty sure that when we when he, we brought him on earlier, he talked about everything else except for his brewery. Um, I know he alluded to it a few times, um, but he didn't mention the name of the brewery. He gave you a location. It's in Dayton, Tennessee. But the name of the brewery is Monkey Town Brewing Company. Um, so maybe uh, maybe next time around we can bring it back and tackle a couple of these topics, and naturally we can uh, we'll add a few, um, maybe six, seven, or eight between now and and a little less than a week from now, and we can maybe pick up where we left off. You know, our goal is with this is to get like three breweries together and do an ultra collaboration, and then they share with the podcast host um, before it goes you know nationwide, and they sell a million dollars in beer. I mean, before A, B, and Bev buys out Kirby. Yeah, yeah. So no, no, we're 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 gonna start that in the podcast. We're gonna do a brewer spotlight from Drum Free, um, and you know we want to hear about them, about their establishment. We want to hear about their brewing process. We're interested in you guys. If you brew, let us know. We did a home brewer segment, and that was popular. We liked it. We had we had a lot of fun with it. We all learned a lot. That show, even the homebrewers of the group. So we're uh, we're looking to expand from that, and uh, we'll we'll get into the uh, nationwide breweries, people you've heard about, people you know. I know we, you know we have some special ones. We've got Legal Remedy. We've got uh, what is it? Uh, what's what's that place in St. Louis? Uh, St. Louis. Uh, <laughs> Corey's house. Huh? Well, besides Corey's house, yeah, Corey, he's got everything in St. Louis. Um, it's it's not. Uh, what's the other? Thing? Besides perennial, besides yeah. side project, yeah, you talking about second check? Is it? No, is no. it? Uh, who makes a Braxis? Is that is it that one? That's, Come on, you guys are embarrassing that, us that's, here. That's perennial. No, I I don't remember who who we're alluding to. Uh. But anyway, to, while Chad hits the yeah. goals, um, you know we've got a number of people within within the group who have not only themselves being brewers, but also have you know enough connections with within the uh, the brewing industry that we might be able to get a couple special guests in the near future um, to maybe address a handful of questions. We might even reintroduce the concept of doing rapid fire and maybe just come up with like five or six questions to. Uh, to you know, hit someone like um, whomever it be, whether it be a the throw, I guess the name drop, whether it be like a a Corey King or um, you know, or heaven forbid we get somebody from uh, the great state of Colorado, whether it be a a Neil Fisher or a Troy Casey or somebody like that, to uh, maybe impart a little bit of one humor, um, but also to impart a little bit of education to uh, to the podcast, more or less like uh, like I said, like Kirby did tonight, so. You find yourself an answer on the Google Jet? No, fuck no. Yeah, well, it's that other brewery in St. Louis. It's the, it's the other one. You know, it's always it's always the other one, especially when you've had a beer or two. I know my memory goes to, but my memory goes. To. Not beer and Irish. It's uh. That's Nashville. That's yeah. Nash Vegas. Nash Vegas. Like That's what people there call it. Yeah, so, hey, 
not that I don't know if Kirby's going to listen this far, and maybe he will, but let's assume he doesn't for a second. The next time we bring him on, or sometime in the future, if we do do like a five or six questions, we should ask him how frequently his grandmama goes to Branson. <laughs> and for people people who don't know that joke, Branson is like an old people version of Vegas. No offense to the old people, this is not ageism. It's just simply, you know. I think the average age of somebody in Vegas might be 25, or the average age of somebody in Branson, Missouri, might be 65. I think old Chad's people are the last, uh, narrow, the last people, narrow gauge? the last demographic you're allowed to make fun of. It's very, very true. Great, so, great generation, my ass. We figured it out. So we're gonna have, I'm gonna set him up, uh, set it up with the owner, but uh, narrow gauge, head brewer and owner, co-owner, is gonna be on the show, Jeff. Um, I think we'll we'll try to do that next episode if if his schedule lets us. But uh, I think that'll be a very you know good episode. Uh, we got Kevin Reed from Legal Remedy. We've got uh, we've got it, it, when when we put the call out, we had like I think ten to fifteen. There's a few tags that were like, yeah, we'll do this. I mean, if you're a brewer and drama free, you 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 work at a brewery, let us know. We want to talk to you. Or if you got a homie, just let us know your homie is. And I think narrow gauges, since we uh, we exercise, as, as I say, we exercise as much precision as humanly possible in this podcast. As I say, I don't think it's I don't think it's St. Louis. It's, it's, is it? Close, is, God is, it's, it's fluorescent. Fluorescent, fluorescent is your fluorescent. license room. Yeah. <laughs> fluorescent. But we'll, we'll see what we can drum up for future podcasts and maybe take it away from um, a little bit less of our uh, less a little bit less of our conjecture. Yeah. And maybe rely on a few more professional individuals to impart a bit more education. So. Yeah, we only know so we much people. <laughs> yeah, that's true. No, so you're right. Whoa, we're whoa, we're whoa, beer whoa. fans, but we we Who's also defer to the professionals. You know, I uh, I always find the most interesting ones is when people who know what they're talking about can really impart some wisdom that we don't know about. That we're all, we you know we all have the questions we want to ask, and you know there's. Stuff outside of this core group that we don't know, so let's get let's go get the answers. Yeah, we definitely will, and I think at this moment we can welcome welcome back uh, Mr. Butler. Can you hear us, Mr. Perfect? Yep. Welcome. Yep. Welcome back, my friend. Welcome back. I was uh, yeah, I was taking care of uh, taking care of a drama free member. Two of them actually. No, I uh, I think we saw that. I wasn't sure if you were coming back because you had breaking news. Or uh, or anything in particular. Or fake news. I mean, either or. Everybody will listen to it anyway. So fake news. Uh, yeah. I, mean, I don't know the uh, the. Anyways, there's been some rants on this uh, on this episode. We uh, probably, if we could get direct connect to working next week, we probably should get back to a uh, one person talking at a time and sort of follow a, a little bit of a formula thing. But uh, other than that, yeah, uh, always nice having Kirby on. Uh, he helps. Fill, he helps us fill up the show pretty well. Yeah, I need. I need to go visit his brewery. I'd love to go visit his brewery. That'd be cool. Yes, you do. It's in the middle of nowhere. It's near a nuclear, uh, near a nuclear facility. Um, That's uh, and it's man. gorgeous. Yeah, it's <laughs> gorgeous, and it's historical significance. Uh, because that's where they did the scope trials about evolution. So you can get a little bit of a history yeah. lesson there. Oh, wow. um, yep. That's why it's called Monkey Town, man. Mm. Get it? Get it? Monkey I got Town? it. I get it now. Yeah. Yeah. 
Indeed. The funky town. Nice. Indeed. I'm try to get some drinks. You got any last uh, final words for this week? Uh, yeah, I thought that's what I just did, but um, yep, I uh, I guess I'll catch you guys next week, and I'm gonna go have one more beer and uh, a whiskey to finish off the whiskey and whales evening. Um, and uh, love you guys, and uh, thank you, listeners, for uh, indulging our stupidity and listening to this gooey uh, and technologically challenged podcast. <laughs> oh, we're indeed. Well said. Let's cut that cue. Very, very well. Very, very well said. What about you, Steve? Last words? Uh, yeah. Um, Chris pretty much said it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna finish my beer here and probably um, wrap it up. Maybe if you guys are doing some sort of post hang, I might hang for a little bit. But uh, thanks everyone for listening. Everyone, thanks Kirby again. Uh, always cool to hear him talk and definitely. Uh, Stick with us while we work out the kinks with the with the blog format and with uh, you know, the blog talk radio technical difficulties and uh, you know we know what we're doing we're just we're working out some kinks so love you all and love you four three four Kirby counts <laughs> appreciate that Steve um, I don't think I have anything else to add or at least um, the least I can do is echo the same sentiments as. Um, both uh, Mr. Butler and Mr. Aspara. Um, I said, I'll, I'll, I will thank Chad for the hospitality and, and putting up with me tonight for the last hour. I guess we're now in about two hours or so. Um, you know, as I'm. It's uh, been terrible. It's been terrible, yeah. Um, as I've been uh, visiting here in Des Moines. And um, to, all, to all of our listeners, um, hopefully we will uh, hear you next week. Thank you. We're going to do, uh, for the first time, I'm going to let Joey do his. Be well. Yep. So, Drama Free, you know what to do. Um, we like hearing your comments every week. Keep it coming. Every Monday I put out that call for content. Um, it gives us shit to talk about, not only during the week, but on Thursdays, and we like it. Keep it coming. Um, we've been, you know, better and proactive about letting you know if we've covered it before or not, and then you go back and listen to the episode. You might have counter comments. That's cool. We like it, um, but uh, I always close with Joey's phrase, but I'm going to let him do it live now since he's in my house. I appreciate that. Bro. So, Joey, take it away, yeah. buddy. On behalf of this Freedom Toast, everybody, you all be well. See you next week. <laughs> Welcome to the Drama Free Podcast. Save the drama for your mama.